Being a fundraiser is not an easy job. It requires a lot of you. And because you care so deeply about your work, you put a lot of energy into serving your donors. Which brings up something we really need more dialogue about in our sector. When you're so deeply committed to the work, how can you prevent yourself from feeling totally depleted at the end of each day? For today's episode, I'm handing it over to Karen and Renita for a conversation about the steps you can take to protect your energy and bring your best self to your work with donors. Welcome to the Nothing But Major Gifts podcast from Veritas Group, featuring Richard Perry and Jeff Schreifels. Twice a month, we bring you the latest and best thinking about major gift fundraising, so you can develop authentic relationships with your major donors. Here are your hosts, Richard and Jeff. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm Karen Kendrick and my colleague, Renita Tyson and I are taking over the podcast today while Jeff and Richard have the day off. Being a fundraiser can be really exhausting and require a lot of you. And during different seasons, it can be particularly difficult to bring your energy and your best self to this work. I know you all just went through one of those seasons. So today, Renita and I are going to talk a little bit about work from where your energy is. How do you bring your best self to work? How do you nurture yourself so you feel less of that burnout? But first, Renita, since this is your first time on a podcast, why don't you introduce yourself? Thank you, Karen. I'm glad to be here. Hello, everyone. I'm Renita Tyson. I am the Veritas Client Services Director. I am coming into my second year with Veritas. And prior to this role, I have had quite extensive experience in the corporate and nonprofit world. I started my career with IBM, and then I moved into an organization, uh, a division of Johnson & Johnson. And from there, I've worked with a variety of large and small businesses, San Francisco Chamber of Commerce, UCLA, and a number of nonprofits. In one of my nonprofit roles, I was actually a Veritas client. So I've had a chance to experience both sides of the table. And prior to coming to Veritas, I was chief development officer with Boys and Girls Clubs of Santa Monica. But I'm very happy to be here with you this this day. Thank you, Renita. As y'all can see, Renita's got a lot of life experience, even though she looks so young. <laughs> and so I'm excited about all that you're going to share today, Renita. All right, so let's get started. So as we were preparing for this episode, we talked about how there's so much information out there about burnout. And I mean, just looking up online what to do about burnout like overwhelms me and gives me more burnout. So if you're struggling with just being exhausted and not even knowing what to do next, you're not alone. And so we wanted to bring maybe a little different angle today, hoping to give you some inspiration, giving you some hope and some tools. And the tool we're going to share with you today, um, I learned from this really interesting lunch with a local artist. So I was working with an executive coach. I really believe in continuing to develop ourselves and looking at how do I, because my true authentic self is this creative artistic person. How do I come at my work from my authentic self? What does that look like? So I sat down with Daniel and said, like he's a real artist, like beautiful big paintings. I'm like, what does it mean to be an artist? Like, what's that like? And what do you do? And and he said, well, let me share a story with you. 
And he said, I was struggling. I had moved from really small paintings to really big paintings and I'd been stuck for months, unable to complete a painting. And I kept doing it and painting it over and being really frustrated and stuck. And so I had this dream at night where my favorite Irish musician came to me in full Irish regalia and said, so Daniel, I understand you're having difficulty with this painting. And he said, I have four bits of advice for you. And so we're going to be walking you through those four bits of advice that Daniel got in his dream. And it's so fascinating to me how they help us step away and get some space and work with whatever it is that's really tough for us in the moment. Um, so we'll be unpacking that in a minute as we go along. So just to, just to conclude Daniel's story, he woke up from his dream, he applied those four questions, and an incredible painting um, came through for him with ease. So I hope these can also help you find some ease and some flow and where you might be feeling stuck today. So Karen, I really love the way you teased that story to help us get started because that's the way we're going to approach the conversation today. <laughs> so let's start with the first piece on admitting that this is hard and how we need to shift our mindset so we can take action. Yeah, I love that. Like the first piece was admit it's hard. And I'm like, wow, that's interesting. Like, why is that important? And I think so many times it's like, we first got to get real and honest with what we're dealing with, right? Um, if we just keep like pushing and trying and going and being frustrated and not getting anywhere, um, we're still in that push and drive energy and we're not really in an opening listening possibility energy. So being able to just stop and going, wow, this is really hard. Um, and I don't know what to do and I'm feeling stuck and overwhelmed and, and then thinking about no one's, no one's coming to fix it for you. <laughs> that's, that's been a powerful lesson for me as, um, in my work and in my life is to see that part to me that sort of wait for a leader or a boss or someone to meant to take care of things that are causing stress. Maybe I've mentioned in the past that I was really working hard and a lot of hours and thinking a leader would then like fix it, which is very not grown up, <laughs> right? So learning to say, okay, this is really hard. It's not working. I need to take some actions. How would I come to my leader and say, this is what's occurring. This is how my time is being used. This is what I recommend would be more effective um, for my well-being and also me being more effective with donors. Let's talk about what you think is a really different way to approach it. So one story I'll share, Renita, I had, I had been hitting a wall with technological difficulties. You know, we work in our home offices, so you understand Renita, hit, Renita had a hurricane of technical difficulties for a while. It was to a point I was sitting on the floor of this office crying. <laughs> I was so frustrated that I couldn't get work done and I couldn't get anywhere because all these I kept hitting obstacles. And I was like, Karen, okay, this is really hard. This is not working. What do you need to do? So you take control. So I called up my computer people. I set up the, like within within very little time, a few days, they had fixed all my issues. They came to my home. We got things resolved. I learned things that I made me better at what I do, but I had to first say it's hard and I had to decide to take responsibility. I get it. 
I get it. That I, I felt that pain because as you know, I lived it. It's not fun. I knew it was hard. I didn't admit it. So I was just stuck. And I think that, you know, when you're stuck like that, it just creates a burden that you're just dragging around, dragging around. You're feeling like you should be able to fix it. You can't fix it. You know, you, you tell yourself in some cases that you're a failure. It takes your energy. It's draining. It's draining. And it's not helpful at all. And, you know, the other aspect is a lot of the way we respond to things is what we've learned. You know, we've, we've been doing things a certain way so many times. And, uh, you know, I thought about one aspect of that just this morning. And I said, I've got to mention this. Part of the learned behavior is your self-talk. And if you don't really control that and think about what you're saying to yourself about the situation, would you say the same things you're saying to yourself to a very dear friend? Most chances, no. So you've got to monitor that and you've got to correct that and be kind to yourself. You know, Renita, you're talking about the next question, which I love, which is stop bullying it. So I love that language because we like we like I would never put up with a bully. I would never be a bully to others, but we're doing it to ourselves, right? We're bullying yes. ourselves. And that's what you're breaking down for us. Yes, definitely. And you don't see it that way because again, this is how you've been doing things, but you are being a bully to yourself. And sometimes you can be a bully to other, to others as well. So you, you <laughs> have to have not just compassion for yourself, but you have to co- have compassion for the other people around you. And, you know, I know you had talked about a situation where you were checked about something that you weren't in touch with, but someone with a gentle question was able to give you something to think about. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I love it. Yeah. To have people surrounding you that can ask you, you know, why are you doing it that way? What are you getting from that? Because like Renita was saying, we get in patterns, right? So Maybe I have a pattern where I feel like I need to be, I need to appear stressed and overworked for others to to show that I have value. Wow. That's a pattern that's going to make me always overwhelmed and stressed. You know, what if I think I have to do everything perfectly? What if I believe I don't deserve to have peace and balance in my life? What if I feel like I need to, I've got a lot of ego going. I got to compete. And for me to be successful or good, I got to be better than everybody. And so all my energy is going to that. Um, and so there's ways in which we bully ourselves. We have patterns, you know, so really taking an opportunity to say, okay, what's my part in this? So many times it's easy to be like, gosh, this job stinks and this boss is horrible and yada, yada, yada. That can all be true. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And we're every relationship, no matter what it is, there's always two people playing. So what is your part in playing that dance that is creating some of the dynamics you're experiencing? Exactly. And, you know, something else that you hold on to is sometimes it's safer to just be in this stuck place because you're afraid of of the unknown. You're afraid of what change might be. You're afraid of change itself. And what you're doing currently isn't working for you, but you're too afraid to pivot to something that will. That's not going to serve you. You know, that reminds me, I wish I could quote it properly right now. I don't have it straight at all, but I guess Marianne Williamson or someone years ago, I read a quote. We're not, we're not fearful about our are like how we're not perfect or together. We're much more fearful about how magnificent we can be. So I think 
like I'm sort of comfortable being stuck and that's what I'm used to. And I'm less scared of that than like, what if I had to really step up and be big and powerful and beautiful and amazing? That's scary, right? To be, to really step out and be vulnerable and and try those things and do those things. So, you know, be willing to take a look and say, wow, how am I limiting myself? How are my beliefs? And what is that internal speak? I'm noticing my speak lately is kind of like, you got this girl, you're okay. I'm like, oh, but it's getting better. But boy, it's been, yes, the internal speak is wicked, wicked. Yeah, I get it. You also have to ask yourself, do you have safe people in your life that you can trust, that you can allow to speak truth into your life and help you see things that maybe you're blinded by? Um, that can be so much help to you and really help help you discover things that you um, haven't been aware of. So it's very important to have people in your world that will help you see the things that you don't see, won't see, can't see, and help you at least understand that there are d- different ways of doing things. There's another way of looking at things. You know, it reminds me, Renita, and I want to hear what you did in your career, because you've been in all kinds of places. I remember... It's funny, these things that stick with us back in the nineties, I did some corporate training and these two women, they were, they were like in the peanut butter business. (laughs) And after meetings, they would meet and check in with each other and be like, okay, did what just go down? Was that discriminatory? Was that this, was that, that, was that just normal stuff? Was I overreacting? Like they would check each other. And make sure that they weren't being overreactive, that they were like, did I bring my best self? What do I need to learn? And I had so much respect for them in a world where there were very few other women at that level and how they didn't, they didn't just go in there and um, not have that honest feedback. That was what made them, I think, so successful. So how did you find some people that you could have those conversations with in your career, Renita? What, how did you do that? You know, over time, you have conversations with people, you start to vibe, you realize, hey, we kind of see things alike and you learn, you can trust, you learn to trust over time. You know, it's not something that's that's instant. And the more people share, the more you share, the more it becomes a safe place, the easier it is. Now, I'm not going to say I was always proactive about it. I remember one situation where I had left a very, very stressful position and I had just taken a new one and I had some time off between just so I could breathe. And I had dinner with about 10 of my girlfriends. And when I walked into the dinner, every last one of them said, oh my God, you look like a different person. Wow. I will not forget that because Mm. that was, it was, it was like a slap in the face. That was so sobering. I had carried that stress, thought Mm. I was marching through and, you know, playing it off. And every last one of them said, I looked like a different person when that stress was no longer attached to me. So I don't want it to take that kind of a, you know, uh, powerful punch in order for me to realize that, gee, something's not working. You need to leave before it gets to the point where you're wearing it. So mm-hmm. yeah, I've, I've carried that lesson throughout my career since then. Wow. That's a beautiful story. So we've talked about, admit it's hard. We've talked about stop bullying it. What's the next question, Renita, that came in Daniel's dream? How to move your mindset around your energy into a place where you have the control to make the change. And so here you're giving yourself the space to ask whatever it is, 
what it wants to become, you're releasing your grasp on it and you're opening yourself up to the possibilities, what's possible. And this is where things can really transform. I love it. So typically we start there, right? Like, okay, I got to think of a new strategy. And when we're stressed and we're overwhelmed and we're not admitting it's hard, we're stuck, we're not going to be creative. Nothing's going to be flowing through us. We're going to be like, ah, we're like, a mind's going to be going a million directions. And so I love how first identify the emotions I'm dealing with, identify how I'm bullying myself and make some changes and then asking what it wants to become, which to me, that's such a different question than what, what should I do about it? Right. Cause I'm sort of in the sense, placing it outside myself and asking it, which sounds kind of crazy, but it shifts us with some space to be more creative and have more flow. I remember when I got that message from Daniel on our team internally, we were like in a lot of transition and working really hard and feeling stressed and overwhelmed. And I just, I shared with Rebecca on our team, what I just learned from Daniel and we had a whole conversation about it within like an hour, both of us felt like we shifted out of a really stuck place. Like it was so immediate and new ideas were coming and new strategies. So the piece around giving some space, what does it want to become and allowing for um, some creativity and possibility to flow through and thinking about who else might contribute and have ideas and be involved. You know, who else do I need to call that I need to find that could help me with some answers where I've been stuck, where it's not like we get so I have to do it all. I have to figure out it all. I don't, I'm not going to be doing this well. I don't know what I'm doing. We get all stuck. Um, so that really opens us up um, to much more creative ideas and possibility from a place that's kind of playful like and fun versus burdensome. And you can be blocked from doing that if you carry the shame that you haven't figured it out. So, you know, shame becomes your prison and then you're stuck. And so you got to, you know, quickly move through that because, yeah, if you really do want to move into a different realm, you've got to give yourself the space to do it. And, you know, I like to say, I can get out of my stupid. So, you know, you really can. You don't have to stay there. You can get out. You're free to get out, but you have to want to. No, I think... I don't know what it is that we think we're supposed to do it all ourselves. Is that our individualized culture? I don't know what it is, but it's, I remember watching some really successful leaders and seeing how, when they didn't know how to do something, they went and found the best person that knew how to do it and sat at their feet with humility to learn and, and then be able to apply to, I'm like, oh, being a leader does not mean, you know, everything. It means, you know, how to find the answers. So I, I love that you brought up shame because that shame is debilitating. And so right now we want to tell you, you don't have to have all the answers or know everything or know how to do everything. And please um, let that shame go and let yourself get the help and support you need. But operating with that level of humility isn't always someone's, you know, go to. So you really have to give yourself the grace to, to, to admit it's not working. You're feeling it's not working. You're seeing it's not working. You know, it's not working. So you've got to find something that works. And if you don't have that answer, there are people who can help guide you through it. So give yourself that chance to, to, to get tap into somebody else's wisdom. You, know, you don't have to learn all the lessons yourself. I know. I love that you're, 
you're speaking of that frustration. And I love that. I think one thing I wanted to mention today is learning to, to listen to and interact with anger. I remember I didn't know how to be angry till I was like 31. <laughs> I grew up in a family where everybody was like supposed, my mom had a lot of anger in her family. So our family was all about being nice and everybody getting along and sweetness, which is, you know, her trying to love me. But I had no, I had no idea how to be in tune with my anger. And in our, and anger is about boundaries. So being able to dance with anger and know that, okay, that this is coming up. What is a boundary that I maybe need to be setting? What is happening here? Frustration, what is not working? Emotions are simply information and energy for change. So if you are not comfortable with anger and you're feeling really overwhelmed and burned out, it's going to be hard for you to learn to set boundaries <laughs> unless that anger is what helps you say, I deserve something different. Right. So it's not not to be there to come blast your boss and yell at your boss, but it's it's information. OK, I'm feeling this anger. I'm feeling this frustration. What is the message and how can I use some of that energy to create change to make a better life for myself? Yes. Transformational for me. Amen. So you do get to choose the energy that you bring into this and, you know, you get to decide if you're filling your cup or you're letting it go empty and, you know, that impacts what you bring into the relationships. Yeah. And I think the last part of this exercise is about being kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. So you can be kind to whatever is going on. I need to say that to myself over and over again, be kind mm -hmm. to yourself. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean to you, Renita? I want to say that to yourself, like what shifts or happens? You know, I think the frustration shifts, I have to let it go. It's like, you know, in, and I, and I am now monitoring my self-talk because my default self-talk may not be girl, you go and all, it may not be the positive. It may be the beat down. Mm -hmm. And if I'm feeling that I now will check myself and say, you just said this to yourself. You know, mm -hmm. that's not kind. You know, how can you reframe that? What do you what do you really want to experience? It's not a beat down feeling. That's not what you really want to walk around with. So I kind of shifted, but I have to get in tune with it. Sometimes I'm quick about it. Sometimes it takes me a little bit longer, but I'm training myself to really catch that early on so I can redirect it. I love that. Yeah, it's so ingrained in us. Like messages, like I'm, my messages would be things like, you don't know what you're doing. You, you don't have what you need to make this happen. You're not staying on top of things. People are going to think you're not doing your job well. You know, all of those. And we think they're, I think we believe in some weird way that they're going to keep us motivated to do a good job. Like we need them to riding our back and beating us to keep us like, like, no, I think we're all going to do a really good job whether someone's beating us and scaring us or not. So yes, that's, that's really helpful. It's such an important part of being kind to ourselves. Definitely. You know, and, and Renita brought this up earlier with her story about wearing the stress. So if you're today listening to this and you're in a really toxic environment, you know, it's like you're set up to fail with the expectations, the metrics, systems don't support you. Your boss is someone you can't trust, um, isn't there for your best interest, isn't trying to help move things out of your way. And you're just beat down and exhausting, exhausted. You know, what we're talking about today could be helpful to you in the journey, but find someone you can trust to really process that and figure out, are there things that you do have some influence and control over? Have you tried those? 
or is this a place you need to leave? So we just want to encourage you to say, you don't have to remain in environments that don't support your best self. So um, we care about you and what you be kind to yourself. <laughs> and, you know, and part of that is really knowing and respecting your own boundaries. You know, are you clear? Do you know what you're unwilling to accept? Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, you, you gotta be clear. And sometimes you get driven there and sometimes you kind of know. So, but you don't, it doesn't have to be a tragic situation before you finally get a grip, but be kind to yourself and, and know what your boundaries are and respect your own boundaries. Don't let somebody cross them. Thank you. Thank you. One thing I love, um, I know one of the ways I can beat myself up is to be like, I don't have enough balance. And like, it's some destination I'm going to get to where all of a sudden I'm like, and I feel good and wonderful and everything is flowing and everything's in the right balance. And so I love the, the concept that balance isn't, is a journey, not a destination. And Say that again, <laughs> <laughs> balance is a journey, not a destination. So yes. in this article I was reading, it was, it was like, instead of imagining, you know, the um, balancing scales, like work and work and play, or, you know, those Think about how you have all these parts of your life. You have your family, you have your work, you have your home responsibilities, you have extracurricular activities that bring you joy, exercise and dance or whatever. You have friends, community. And think about how, so it's a pendulum sort of swinging and spending time in each area in a way that works for you. Like for me, I need lots of movement, hiking, dancing, kayaking, biking, like in the winter, I have to do at things because I get a little stir crazy. So know your body, know your system. And like, where is that pendulum stuck in one area where you're not swinging and having enough of the other areas? And so it's more like finding the movement and realizing, oh, okay, I've been stuck over here a while. I really need to swing over here and have some community or have some exercise or do some something creative um, and refill that part of our cups and to me, that's an act of kindness to yourself. And in doing so, that that then, I mean, what's so cool is think about our cups can get bigger, right? Our capacity for holding space for things can get bigger, but we have to keep growing them and building them and filling them up in all areas. So yes, balance is a journey, not a destination. It is, it is. And staying in touch with the different aspects of your balance is also something to uh, to continue to to work on. I'm saying this for myself. <laughs> I can get stuck in one mode and and lose track, and so just staying on staying on, staying in touch is important. Mm -hmm. And so now we want to take a moment to speak to the leaders, and in particular, how they can support their teams in a meaningful way. So question, if you're a leader and you see one of your people burning out, mm -hmm. what can you do? Understand not everybody wants to be helped, but you can create an environment that's not toxic and that is supportive of your people's health and well-being, but you can't force people to take control of their energy. The other thing that's hit me several times in my career is you have to be aware of what you're saying. Your words have power. Mm -hmm. And whether you know it or not, 
people hold on to what you say. And I can't tell you numerous times I've had people come to me later and tell me that, you know, I'll never forget when you said such and such. And these are things that I've long since forgotten or even said, but it was, it was, it stuck with people. So don't speak lightly. Make sure that you're in control of the things you're saying, because you never know how it's going to stay with somebody, either mm -hmm. for the positive or for the negative. So choose your words um, carefully so that the things that they remember are kindness. I love that. Yeah. And like metrics are so much like they can really impact people in ways you maybe don't think about it. Like, let's say you're just like, people need to meet with donors more. You're thinking in your head, it'd be really nice. So you create a metric and all of a sudden people feel pressure to not be relational. Yep. And, you know, it's like not at all what you intended, but really being aware that things you set up, you need to be really clear of the ramifications. And if that's what you're wanting to have occur, or is there a different, how do you really motivate people to do, to step into the outcomes you really are wanting? Sometimes we don't think that through and have conversations with our people about what they think that means, right? And how that impacts them. So um, I love the New Amsterdam is a show on Netflix that he'd always go around and ask people, you know, what can I do to help? And I think yes. that's our main role as a leader and unpacking what is getting in people's way. What are the obstacles for their success and moving those? I mean, that's really your job, right? Listening, figuring out what's in the way, doing what you can to move them. And if you can't move them, because you don't have control over letting people know that you can't yet, but you're working on it. <laughs> I mean, yes. it's, if I'm really frustrated because a system is counter counterproductive to my success, but my boss says, I know that's just not, I know that's not working for you. And I know that's not great. This is what I do have control over and I'm chipping away at it, but it might be some years. I'm good. I mean, that's, that's the best we can do. Right. So even if you don't think, I think sometimes we don't ask the question because we don't think we can fix everything. And it's not about fixing everything. It's about listening and fixing what we can and communicating about what we can't. And helping people be heard. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes it's not that they want the fix, it's that they want to be heard. They may know, just as you know, that there's not a fix coming around the corner, but they mm -hmm. want to be heard. They want you to acknowledge this is frustrating, this is hard, instead of ignoring it and just powering through and, and acting as though it's not. It is. And people want to be heard and, and they should be heard. Mm -hmm. and you can You can offer that to your team if you're a leader. That's wonderful. So the questions, just as a reminder, as we're wrapping up, that you can jot down to ask yourself about whatever it is making you crazy today are admit it's hard, stop bullying it, ask it what it wants to become, and be kind to yourself. And in turn, you'll be kind to it and all the things around it, right? So those are the four questions. Um, that we hope can help you as you're processing some things and struggling with some things. So thank you for joining us today for this episode. Renita, you were awesome. Um, I hope that you all got some valuable takeaways that will help you take control and work from your energy with flow and possibility and excitement. And if you'd like to join a community of fundraisers who are dedicated to supporting each other, I hope you'll join our free online community. You can use the link in the show notes to create a profile and get started. So take care and we'll see you next time. 
Thank you for joining us for the Nothing But Major Gifts podcast from Veritas Group. Richard and Jeff also write an ongoing blog that you can subscribe to for free at veritasgroup.com. Please join us again next time.